Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is June 16th, 2019. 84 days to kick off. It's also Father's Day today, so how, happy Father's Day to you, Ralph. Thank and you. I was kind of a jerk on Mother's Day when you announced it, so I guess you're I should You're going to be probably, a little more sincere <laughs> on your day? I guess I should be a jerk on Father's Day, too. <laughs> it's like, eh, who cares? That's how it was when you told me today. I was like, gosh, man, was it just a Gatlin gun of holidays? Every time I turn around, there's a holiday. And in two weeks, we get Fourth of July. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I can't but then nothing. Oh, then your birthday... And then your mom's birthday, and then Labor Day. Ralph hates holidays. Any fun? It's just contrived, if you ask me. It's like you're forced to celebrate stuff. But would you celebrate otherwise? Most likely. Not. Yeah. If I didn't have to. (laughs) I'm contrary. It's the obligation. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, July starts all of our birthdays. We got a birthday in July, birthday in August, birthday in September, birthday in October, birthday in November. Birthday in December, birthday in January. That's seven straight months of birthdays. Insanity, man. (laughs) It's just birthdays. That doesn't count Christmas, Halloween. Then all the other made-up holidays are in between those. Valentine's Day. Can't go a week without some holiday somewhere. That's all right. Had a hangover today for Father's Day, so my request was, (laughs) let's just not do anything. (laughs) He did suck it up and say we could do a podcast. Yeah, almost put it off. Uh, I drank so much moonshine. Went to a party Saturday night, and they broke out two mason jars of moonshine. And that's like my Achilles heel. I was like hoarding those things. <laughs> Ended up drinking the whole, whole one. was apple apple Ap- pie. Yeah. Oh, man, that was delicious. Tasted like tea. I didn't try either one. You had your little fruity drink. Your well, I had to stop drinking once you started drinking the moonshine. Because I was like, one of us has to get home. Yeah, I know. Get us home. And we couldn't Uber because we had the... The baby with us. Uh. Oh, can you Uber? Do some of them have car seats? I doubt it, but I wonder if we can put the car seat in there. Don't know. Interesting. You mean take it with us? Yeah. Uh, do they make collapsible car seats? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They're these giant clunky things. All right. Enough of us chit-chatting. We got some Buccaneer stuff to talk about. Book news. Not a whole lot going on, but we got a few things to cover. No follow-ups or fact checks. We were pretty spot on with everything last time. Go us. Go us. What you got for us? Kellen Winslow Jr. Oh, this clown still. This guy. It's never ending. He's going to be retried on eight of his charges after a mistrial was declared because of a hung jury. Uh, The judge denied a defensive request that Winslow be released on $1 million in bail and home confinement with GPS monitoring because the prosecutor said that while he was free on bail last January, besides jerking it off in in front of that old lady in the hot tub, uh, he approached an 18-year-old high school senior walking near his home in Encinitas and told her she was attractive and asked where she lived. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, normally that's probably not a crime, but <laughs> when you're being tried for rape and sexual assault, you don't want to be going out and hitting on teenagers in front of your house. Not only that, but just the magnitude of his crimes do not warrant a million-dollar bail and home confinement with GPS monitoring. Like, what is to stop him from going out and doing it again? Yes, apparently it didn't stop him last time. You got out on bail and he went, like I said, 
jerked it to some old lady in a hot tub twice. Well, we all know that these behaviors, these crimes are antisocial behavior. And so if that's not enough, I highly doubt that an ankle monitor is really going to be the thing that changes you. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. What a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Hard to believe he was on our team. I never liked the guy. I liked him as a player that couldn't stand him as a person. Of course, I say that now. It makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. But no, I didn't like him. He, he, really, he really bothered me when he went to Seattle and they put out a video of him mocking Shiano. Yeah. It's just not a good look. No. Guy seemed like kind of a jerk to me. But again, like we said last podcast, this there was reports. Was it Sporting News or Sports Illustrated? Who was it? That Sports was, Illustrated. Sports Illustrated had reports that... Kellen Winslow Jr. would like openly masturbate in the locker room. Nobody wanted to sit next to him on plane trips because he'd sit there and watch porn, hardcore porn on his phone. The guy had issues, and he was on our team for a number of years until Shiano came in and got rid of him. And I'm like, where are the guys? That's where I'm talking about locker room leadership. We just haven't had any leadership in the locker room for over a decade. I mean, to allow this stuff. I mean, the guy came in the locker room with a full-size torso blow-up mannequin that he carried around with him, I guess, to, to do. To travel. To travel with. And while he was with the Buccaneers, he's carrying around a <laughs> damn sex doll. Do you have to have your own suitcase just for that? And then if you're the TSA agent that opens that, <laughs> it's probably like top 10 weirdest things you've ever seen in a suitcase. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Could you imagine? Well, your first thought would be, oh, my God, there's a body. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. Yeah. And then you go, oh, Ew, that's not a body, and I don't want to touch this. I imagine they get a lot of sex toys. I imagine though. they get a lot of stuff they don't want to touch. Or maybe they like it. I mean, that's why they got the job there. They like touching weird stuff. It's the hazard of the job or perk, however you look at it. So here we go. I, I did a list of all the guys that had locker room issues over the past decade. You know, and it included stuff like... Uh, Kellen Winslow Jr., Muscle Hamster, Doug Martin, Michael Johnson, Chris Baker, LeGarrette Blunt, Akeem Tlaib. I mean, it was just a long list of, you know, these guys that just, you know, had personal issues or they were disrupted in the locker room, like Deshaun Jackson, or they were doing drugs or partying or something. Anyhow, things that needed to be quelled by locker room leadership. Well, anyhow, we got sent a podcast the Podfathers, and they were discussing Ronald Jones. Let's give credit to B-Town Buck fan. Thank you, sir, for tagging us in that. Yes, it was very interesting information. It's uh, guys, they, they host the Podfather podcast. It's a fantasy football podcast on uh, Roto Underworld Radio. Their names are Matt Kelly and Nelson Sousa. But we don't follow a lot of fantasy football. No, I don't have to because I'd win all the championships. <laughs> Would just, I just ride on Ralph's coattails. <laughs> they would just get in my way, befuddle me. But they got to talking about Rojo, and they brought up one of them. I don't know which one, whether it was Matt or Nelson, brought up the fact that he's heard through his sources that Rojo is a king shit. He's got, that was his term, and they went on about this and had all kinds of toilet, toilet and fart. sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there laughing and Molly's just rolling her eyes. It went on a little long, I think. Like, it ended and then they started another one. So, they're talking about Rojo and they say that he came into into the league after college and just thought his shit didn't stink. 
And he had a bad attitude. He wouldn't practice. And he was out partying, drinking, smoking weed, they said. And, you know, he gained all kinds of weight. He's like eating cheeseburgers and all this stuff. I had never heard this before. I had heard that he had confidence issues. That's what Cutter had said all the time. Mm-hmm. I was under the assumption that it was a lack of confidence. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like if this is true, what these guys are saying, that he's got too much confidence. Right. Or he had too much confidence coming in, didn't have anything to back it up, and was knocked down a peg or three. Which sounds like that's what needed to happen. Well, we've heard Steve Isbitz and... Lee DeCamper talk about him and they said that you know he's real quiet he doesn't say a whole lot to the media guys i've never seen an interview with the guy and so they kind of pushed the fact that he didn't have a lot of confidence and then you had done the when you had written about our players and stuff you had talked about rojo's experience meeting his idol when he was a kid and he stood behind his dad and there was a whole article somewhere out there about Rojo growing up. Yeah, and his experience without, you know, his dad died when he was young. Right, so it was without a father figure and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. So I was, again, under the assumption that it was low confidence. But it sounds like if this guy, if these guys are correct in their reporting there, that Rojo's just kind of a cocky jerk, and he's not getting along with anybody. It makes me think of what one of the Joes said about VH3, that he kind of spits a lot of game, but... He doesn't take it as seriously as he should. Right, right. What they've heard, they wouldn't go on the record. They wouldn't say what they had heard specifically. But they said, if what we heard is true, he should not be on the team. So it kind of sounds remnant of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had asked them about that. And they were like, well, didn't you ask them about No, that? I asked them about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, right. Yeah. When they're going to let us know what happened with Deshaun Jackson. Because they have said that Deshaun Jackson did something so horrible to Jameis Winston that if they let it out, he would his career would be over. Yeah. You know, it was something very, very bad, personally, to Jameis Winston. But again, back to my point, here we go. We got another guy on our team who's obviously got some issues. Where was our leadership at? I mean, last year you had Brent Grimes, who totally quit on the team. He covered a 10-by-10-foot 10 10 area. That's all he did. And he didn't even do that well. He refused <laughs> to do anything else. If you watch, he won't do anything on the field. I think I saw maybe a handful of times he might have crossed midfield, you know, when he was chasing somebody that caught the ball in front of him. He was not about to tackle anybody. Yeah, and he he flat out said in his podcast with his wife that, you know, he he wasn't going to do anything. He wasn't getting paid enough to do all that stuff. And then you got Deshaun Jackson in there doing all this stuff to Jameis and just being a total jerk, apparently, from the reports we heard. He's kicking trash cans and knocking over displays and which that bothered me and we had talked about this during the season that why were we just hearing about that and mm-hmm. it happened in 2017 and we weren't hearing about it until 2018 when it appeared that the media were trying to run him out right and we're sitting there going why is the media trying to run him out and then we start hearing all this stuff and we go why didn't we hear about this stuff last year you know why are you waiting until now to tell us but i'm necessarily a fan of the media trying to run people out either. Oh, no, no, not at all. Because you can't be judge, jury, and executioner. Right. But again, we go back to the point, where has the locker room leadership been? You know, and a lot of this, I'm going to put it on Jameis Winston, too. I know. I was just thinking that, too. We had Jameis and then Mike Evans also, who are probably two of the bigger leaders on the offense, or should have been. Yes. and, and, and Nobody had- on the offensive line? Right. Where where is it? I tell you what, BA's got to come in and just clamp down on that crap. Tell them and but he's a big fan of that. You know, you got uh, leaders in each 
group. You know, you got the offensive line, he's going to pick a leader. You got the wide receivers, he's going to pick a leader. And he's going to have these guys make sure they keep everybody else in line. That's what he said. If you see one of your teammates out at night drinking, you know, and they're staying out too late partying, you know, go over to them and drag them out of the bar. That's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I love that attitude. With Jameis, you know, last year he was going through everything, the ramifications from that Uber ride. Yeah, which happened happened like three years ago. Uh Right. So I can kind of understand that maybe he wasn't in a position to lead at that point. I think he lost a lot of the respect of some of the players in the locker room. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that locker room gives a crap about respecting each other. I don't think there is or there was any hierarchy of personalities or uh, leadership or anything of that nature. Everybody, it was like they just came there, partied, had fun, and then went home. Right. And that crap ain't going to fly. That's why we we were a 5-11 and 11 team. That's why we've had horrible defenses. That's why we've you know gone 3-13 and 2-14 and, and, and got the first round pick and all that because there's just been no accountability in that locker room. No leadership, no accountability. All that's getting ready to change. We ain't going to hear this crap anymore. I'm telling you, we're not going to hear guys quitting on the team or out partying, drinking too much, although it might be Bruce Aarons himself that's out partying, drinking too much, <laughs> but he's not going to let anybody else do it. You know, and all these issues like Taylor Nasheen. I had no idea that guy was going through all the crap he was going through. You know, he ended up killing himself. Yeah. He had so many injuries and the family is alleging that he had a drug addiction from yeah. all the prescription painkillers he, he was he given. Was, he was a drug addict while he was on the Buccaneers. Right. How many of those have we had? Yeah. Good Lord. I think it's probably far more common than we realize. But he had extreme emotional issues, too. You know, this, while he was at the Buccaneers, he was having some problems. I mean, he was living in a hotel room and wouldn't come out, was scared to talk to people. He was paranoid. This is all while he was with the Buccaneers. I, I'm like, how do you not... As a teammate or a coach or something, you know, just to help the guy out, you know, be involved, straightened. I, I just don't get it. I don't well, get it. we don't know if maybe somebody did. Like, look at the whole Shiano and Josh Freeman situation where Josh was going through all that. And Shiano tried to help him. And mm. what did Josh do? He yeah, turned caused, on him. Caused a big stink. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, got the media involved and his agents. And that was, God, what a mess that was. But then again, there you go. That's another one. Josh Freeman. Look at that mess. And what? Right, and Shiano tried to help him, but where was everybody else in the locker room enabling him? Right, and complaining about Shiano. Right. Well, I'm hoping that's coming to an end with B.A. up in the house. Well, I think that, so we joke about how he does like to partake in a beverage. He's a drinker. He's a drinker, but he values family. That is so important to him. He values his own family and the families of his players. You know, he tells these guys do not miss a recital, a practice, like nothing. You have to be there. Nothing is more important than that. Mm -hmm. We've never had that before. No. Well, uh, Shiano's thing was faith, family, and football. Football. Right. Those were the, in in that order, faith, family, football. But BA does seem to have, you know, he's really big in the loyalty and family, honor, all that crap. So hopefully we will not have these character issues anymore. I'm going to go back and look in his as his head coaching tenure at Arizona and see if there were character issues in the locker room there. Now, you're always going to have some. You know, I mean, even the Patriots have had to deal with it. I mean, look at Hernandez. Yeah. 
that's really the only one I can think of with the I Patriots. Know. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's few and far between. Well, I think that they had them off at the pass. Like, Kellen Winslow played for the Patriots for a game, and that was it. And then he was out of there. And, no, he was he, he was with them for one game. One game. No, I was talking about Aaron Hernandez. Okay, yeah. He yeah. was there for a while. Yeah, Winslow went to the Patriots and played one game, right. and they were like, get out of here. Exactly. So mm. that's what, they have these behavior problems, but they don't tolerate them for long. Right, well, it's like LeGarrette Blount. You know, he had behavior issues in college and while he was at the Buccaneers. And the Titans, too. I think, right, they drafted him? Yes. And Ended up getting he, in a fight at yeah, Titans practice. Right. And he goes to the Patriots, boom, no more issues whatsoever and he was still you know going to the strip clubs and partying and stuff but just he wasn't as i guess in your face with it that i could tell but i mean when he was at tampa that's a, he posted that crap all the time every time he talked he was on camera or something he was talking about a strip club <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if this issue with rojo is a lack of confidence or overconfidence cockiness that's really fascinating to me i mean that was I had never heard that, but this guy sounded like he had legitimate sources. And it makes sense because Rojo was such a big deal in college. Yeah, and then didn't do nothing. I mean, right. He got 23 uh, well, carries and a some, year. Some people had him ranked behind Saquon Barkley in that draft class for running backs, and he went pretty high in the second round. Oh, yeah, in the fantasy football yeah. last year, everybody was talking about draft Rojo, draft Rojo. And he didn't do nothing. Cutter wouldn't put him on the field. No. And maybe rightfully so. If he's not going to practice and he's not in shape and mm-hmm. he's not learning the system, why would you put him in? It was like when Bruce Arians got the honey badger. You know, it was said in college he had character issues. He was a problem. He got busted for weed and all that good stuff. B.A. brings him in. Guy played well. Never got into trouble. Became a, a, a leader in the locker room almost immediately. I just don't think we're going to have these character issues anymore. Or at least not that much. I guess we're really... ASJ? What a joke. Oh my gosh, that clown. And he's not even in the league anymore, right? He's well, taking time off. Right, yeah, the Patriots signed him. Again, they signed him, and then it was like, oh, and he's gone. It's like they can see there's going to be an issue there, so they... Well, I think he went into... He said he was going to take some time off, and so then they cut him. Right, exactly. But still, strange stuff. Talking about problems we think that could arise to make this team implode this year. I brought up that losing week two to the Panthers and Jerry McCoy doing really good, you know, getting some sacks on us or whatever, could be very damaging to the team because, you know, this team's trying to have confidence. You know, they're trying to build respect for Bruce Arians and all this and Jason like, you know, his decision-making and all that. And that would be a bad reflection on both of them. And it might would make the team start doubting them. Then I was like, oh my gosh, we got to play Quan Alexander week one. Same thing could happen. You know, if we, especially if we go one, two punch, we lose to 49ers. I mean, just losing them would be absolutely horrendous. But, you know, if Quan has a good game, maybe has some interceptions or lots of tackles, whatever, and then we play Carolina the next week or four days later and we get beat and McCoy has a good game, that would probably ruin our season. It'd be a very, very rough start to get over. Well, then I remember we got to play Adam Humphreys in Tennessee. At Tennessee, it was at week seven, right after the bye week. I'm like, oh my God, what if he lights it up against us? I think that would be the least damaging of the three because we're not playing him really early in the season. It's kind of midway through. It'll be after that 
big group of games where we're on the road. traveling a lot. I think we're still on the road for that yeah, one. Yeah, it's at Tennessee. But, you know, we would have come back from London, from the Seattle game on the West Coast. Which, I don't know, that could work the other way than I think. And it could be worse because they're tired and jet-lagged from traveling. I don't know. But it's also a big storyline, Winston versus Mariota. Mm-hmm. And they just clobbered us the last time we played them, Oh, I think. that was atrocious. Lovey Smith just, well, I, I don't even know. Did he even have these guys practice? Because we got, what was it, 42 zip or some crap like that? Yeah, the score ended up, it was 42-14 at the end. But they scored 21 points on us in the first quarter. The only thing that's funny, speaking of SJ, the two touchdowns in that game that Buccaneers scored were both Austin Safari and Jenkins. So, yeah, so we've got we've got the game against Quan, first game. Game against McCoy, second game. Then we have Adam Humphreys coming. We go to Tennessee, got to play them. I mean, if we lose those games, we have a bad losing streak going into play Humphreys. And then we've got the matchup between Mariota and Winston, and we bomb. Our season will be done. We, that'll be it. There'll be no recovering. There'll be, light will be fired. I mean, this is really an indictment on light if these three games. Well, Humphreys, we didn't, we got rid of because of the money. We could have kept him. But we had to sign Donovan Smith. We could have kept him. <laughs> <laughs> Poking the bear. Oh, don't get me started. Okay, so Quan, you know, San Francisco really overpaid him. He's coming off a knee injury. He wanted more money than we were willing to pay him. But it wasn't that. I think it was more about the injury and that he was kind of replaceable. Mm-hmm. And they they wanted Devin White. Yeah. So yeah. he was going to get replaced with Devin White. Right. And then McCoy, I don't really want to go into that again. But Humphreys, I think, would have fit the system and would have been an asset. Mm-hmm. And he had earned that contract. I really do believe. Oh, yeah, definitely. That he's worth every penny. But we just couldn't pay him. We could have. It's just we decided not to, and that's the whole indictment on Light. You know, if if he comes in and lights it up against us, everybody's going to be like, damn, Light really screwed that one up. Same thing with McCoy, same thing with Quan. I, I just think that it could go south real quick. I don't think it will. Yeah, I think of the three, Humphreys has the potential to have the best game. Mm-hmm, definitely. Quan and McCoy, I'm not worried about. No, no, definitely not Quan. The 49ers, ain't worried about them at all. Carolina, we'll, we'll be getting the, the fresh cam. He won't be. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Walking around with a sling just yet. Maybe we. He's can only just on. started throwing a mini camp. I know. <laughs> well, we're going to be stopping their run game. That's for sure. And they still don't have any receivers. They don't. They don't need receivers. I'm just saying, Can't like, if ball. we're worried about Cam's shoulder, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter because their receivers are. Average, below average. But yeah, that Tennessee game, that was so horrible. It was at Raymond James Stadium. Lovey Smith was a, it was a second year. No, was it second year or first year? This was 2014, 2015. This was Jameis Winston's first game. It was Marcus Mariota's first game in the NFL as well. It was an excellent matchup. Should have been a much better game. But Marcus Mariota comes out. It drives down the field in five plays and scores a touchdown. Had a 52-yard touchdown to Kendall Wright. And then... <laughs> Jameis Winston, his first pass gets intercepted for a pick six. I remember watching that, and I was not a big fan of Jameis Winston coming out of college. I was still I was on the fence about him and everything. And after that, I was just like, oh, my God, what have we done? And then Tennessee just kept beating the crowd. I mean, they, they're, they were, they're 14 points up in the first three minutes. So, I mean, Winston did score three touchdowns that game. 
Yeah. <laughs> Two for us, one for them. Right. It's like Brett Favre, his first NFL pass was a pick six. Right. That's what everybody started saying. Right. It was like, oh, you know, Brett Favre did it. Yeah. But our season sucked after that. Well, our season sucked during. I mean, that was the start of a sucky season. That was just a horrible game. And I'm just saying it could possibly happen again if we start off bad. I mean, I think we went 6-10 and 10 that year, 2014. I mean, 2015, which is still better than what we did last year. And the year before that. But my point still stands. If we come out and crap the bed the first two games, that's going to be a hard, hard, hard thing for this team to overcome. And then if Humphreys smacks us around the field a little while, of course, I don't think this is going to happen at all. Like you said, I think I think we're going to beat the mess out of the 49ers. I mean, we're just going to give them a whooping, curb stomping. And Carolina, probably the same. Because really, our, from what I understand about this defense – the thing that is going to get us is deep passes, and that's not Cam Newton. You know, we're going to be a run-stopping team, and we're going to be pretty good for short passes, stopping that mess, because our corners are going to be doing a lot of man-on-man, and we have our, we're not going to have our safeties playing deep. You know, there's not going to be any of this cover two or cover... We might do some cover one or, or maybe cover three every now and then, but generally our safeties are going to be more up in the box. So we're not going to have that over-the-top help. So if any of our cornerbacks get beat on one-on-one coverage, boom, that's a long pass. So that's why I say Matt Ryan is probably going to have more luck with us against our defense in that aspect. And again, it all hinges on the defense because that was our liability last year. The offense, while we've lost some pieces like Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys, it's still relatively the same. We have the big pieces still there. The quarterback, James Winston, our big... Gun receiver, Mike Evans. Our monstrous tight ends. Yep. Which they'll be healthy, hopefully. Hopefully. For the whole year. And we'll probably have a running game this year. And the offensive line is consistent. I just hope they're not consistently bad like they were last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the offense doesn't worry me. And we're basically playing the same type of offense. You know, Eric Coriel, a lot of deep passes and stuff like that. So it's not like Jameis Winston is, you know, trying to learn – something totally different. I think our offense is actually going to be better this year. Like you said, though, it's all defense. If we would have just had an average defense last year or a little below average, we probably would have went to the playoffs. We definitely would have had a winning record. So, yeah, if our defense is just average this year, I think we're going to be good to go. But I think our defense is going to be above average this year. I am so excited to see Sue and Bea in the middle. I really am. That's going to be so fun to watch. They're just going to be throwing people around like <laughs> trash bags. Like they're taking out the trash. You're going to see the ball snap. And you're just going to see bodies flying. And those two guys <laughs> just meandering to the quarterback. I think we're almost ready to wrap it up. I have one piece of news that Mike Evans and his wife, Ashley, donated 25000 to USF to fund scholarships for students. And the Buccaneers Foundation matched oh, cool. with, with 10000 Nice. That was per Greg Allman. He's like the only As one. Usual. I know. You have to just assume it came from him. <laughs> and actually, I did not know this, but the Glazier family set up the Buccaneers Foundation and they funded a million dollars. So the Buccaneers Foundation had a million dollars for like social justice initiatives. Is that part of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where that 10 grand came from. Good tax write off. There's a lot of talk about the Buccaneers uniforms this year in the off season. People are bored. That? Yeah, They're just bored. True. And they like mocking our uniforms. Yeah. 
they need something to complain about because we're not playing and it's <laughs> not bad right now. Yeah, they did that ranking and we're like voted worst uniforms in the league. Yeah. Which, you know, like I've said, it's I love the word mark. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a piece of art. Uh, matter of fact, I've got quite a few shirts with just the word mark on them. I like that. And the helmets are gorgeous. They're awesome. The new logo is fantastic. Everything's great. The uniform, man, you know, I can take it or leave it. But the numbers, just change the numbers. But yeah, that was why I was bringing that up is because I'm like, with all this chatter going on, do you think the Glazers are thinking about changing the uniforms? Yeah, probably. Because they seem pretty receptive to what the fan base says. Very receptive to the yeah. fan base, yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if after next season we get a new uniform. I'm actually surprised they didn't do something this year because there's been so many complaints about the uniforms, the numbers in particular. Just change the numbers. Just change them, you'll be good. Get, heck, keep the uh, reflective thing, just the font. That's the problem. You can't read the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I get so aggravated watching Fall 22. I Nine out of ten times, I can't read the dang numbers, especially the ones on the shoulders. You can't read them at all. No, they're so small. And they blend in with that pewter that's on the shoulders. So anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for us. We'll have another podcast out Wednesday. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Bucks underscore Observer. You can shoot us an email. I'm at Molly Bay at BuccaneersObserver.com. And Ralph can be reached at Ralph at BuccaneersObserver.com. We're on Facebook. You can search for us there. And we're also on the World Wide Web at BuccaneersObserver.com. And YouTube. And YouTube. Forgot about it. We, we need just like a list of all the, I know. It's ridiculous. I wish there was just like one. But then again, I understand. Got to have all the different social media outlets. Yeah. We're not on Instagram yet. 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 I don't know what we would put on there. I don't know. I don't even really use it that much. I'm a bad millennial. Are you a millennial? or a... I am a millennial. Okay. What's the one that's after the millennial? What are they called? I think the iGen. iGen. Yeah. It's crazy to me that the phrase millennial was not established name for your generation until like three years ago. That really just blows my mind. I've said it on the podcast here before, but it seems like I've always called y'all millennials, but that's not true. It was just in the past three years that that's been the established term. Before then, it was called Gen Y. Now we're Gen Y. I don't ever remember being referred to as that. I'm Gen Generation X, so they were calling y'all Gen Y when they were trying to figure out what to originally what call we it. were. And then there was like a couple of ones being thrown around, and all of a sudden, boom, it was just millennials. Millennials won out. It was like the, the Betamax and VHS wars. <laughs> it's got such a negative connotation, though. Yeah. People use it disparagingly most of the time. I think that happens all every time. Yeah, I don't really care. Everyone hates a millennial until their iPhone won't work. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I need some tech support. That's what Molly's saying at, at her office. So the old people are always coming to her and being like, oh, can you fix time. this computer? Yeah. I don't know how to work my phone. I'll be honest, though. I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android. So people come to me with an iPhone, and it's like my kryptonite. I can't do it. You are a bad millennial. I man. know. <laughs> all right, guys. Till next time. Go Bucks.